Yo, 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 what is up? Um, I am going to change my timer back to my original one because I do not like that one. Um, that music was too much for me. Um, I hope it wasn't too much for you. Uh, we're going to give some people a second to get on here. We're streaming live on LinkedIn today. I'm not, I'm not streaming live on Twitter today um, or Facebook, but I am about to, with my phone, share this stream um, to uh, Twitter and Facebook just so people know um, that they can come over to LinkedIn and watch. Um, so if you are watching the stream, please let me know where you're watching the stream from. Um, super, super excited to get into this today. We're actually not going to be on for, for uh, as long as we normally are um, because I've got a lot going on, but... Um, Definitely excited, definitely excited to be here. So we are talking today about the new hit show, uh, Abbott Elementary. Uh, really, we're talking about uh, more than just that show, um, but we're going to talk about the latest episode of the show today, which I'm really, really, um, really, really jazzed to talk about because it was on my slate of things to talk about. It's like they read my mind. Um, so uh, let me introduce the podcast, though. This is the Schoolish Podcast. Um, I am doing the Schoolish Podcast as a live show now just because of capacity issues. But also, I like I have a lot more fun using visuals, graphics, and things of that nature. Um, so if you could make the live show, I go live every Thursday, either at 4 or 5 p.m. Uh, Central Time. I am just going to work to make the standard time every Thursday at 5 p.m. Central Time. Um, today is just a little bit of a wonky day because in Dallas, Texas, where I live, it is snowing. And we normally don't get snow um, in Dallas. So, yeah. Um, but, yeah, yo, when you pop in, let me know where you're watching from. Would love to shout you out. Um, and feel free to jump into the comments and ask questions. All that jazz. Um excited to get going. So uh, this podcast is a part of this sort of like museum of content that I am producing over the next couple of months uh, as a part of the LinkedIn Creator Accelerator program. I was one of the uh, first 100 uh, fortunate to be selected for that program where I am building what's called the Case for Reinvention. If you want to find out more about the Case for Reinvention, go to that hashtag on LinkedIn Follow that hashtag. You'll see all of the content there. But the goal of the Case for Reinvention is for me to create a series of content over the next couple of months that not it doesn't convince you that school needs to be reinvented, but it convinces you to join in on the effort to reinvent education. So I want you guys to be a part of this journey. Um, I actually today had a conversation with a good friend, AP, um, who I chop it up with on LinkedIn quite a bit. And she said something that I realized like, man, I guess I have changed this. She was like, I wish you would tell uh, us more on LinkedIn about what you actually do. <laughs> and I used to do that like back in the day. Um, and so I'm, I'm going to do a lot more of that coming up. Um, but, but so that you guys know, uh, especially if you're like new to my content and new to my podcast, um, I am... Uh, one of the I, I work for something called the Reinvention Lab. I, I lead the networking effort there, the the branding, social media, marketing effort there, um, and do a bunch of other things in the lab. 
But the Reinvention Lab at Teach for America, we exist to um, inspire the organization to change, work on change from within the organization. Our motto, inspired by Grace Lee Boggs, is that we are reinventing ourselves so that we can radically transform learning. That's what we're up to, right? So basically, we are a virtual community uh, of, of educational innovators. Uh, that have all of these programs that we build so that we can accelerate the growth of innovation um, at the intersection of equity. So we've got an accelerator, a marketing and branding accelerator where we're, we're producing sneakers. We're about to drop some sneakers uh, with our good friends from 99 Products in, in just like maybe just over a month. Uh, it's coming up. Um, so we're about to drop some sneakers that are part of our marketing and branding accelerator, our storytelling accelerator. Uh, we have a social entrepreneurship accelerator called Gravity. And then we have a decision-making accelerator program where we're challenging and changing the narrative about how decisions are made in education uh, through participatory grant making. Um, and all of that leads to a virtual community that we house on Discord. So that is part of the way that we're moving the needle. The Reinvention Lab also incubates new ideas in education, and we try to help activate people who are working in the system to start working and thinking about education differently. That's what I do. That's my day job. Um, I also create content, and I have a bunch of side hustles. Um, this podcast is one of my side hustles, so we're going to jump in to today. Today, we are talking about the gifted and talented program in schools. The Gifted and Talented Program in Schools. So like, let me know in the chat if you are in the GT program. Um, if you've got a kid who's in the GT program, let me know. Um, I, I'll tell you a, a quick story to begin this episode, which is that I, um, when I was a kid and I was in school, I was um, tested for the um, gifted and talented program. And I'll never forget, I was brought into this like brown, this tan, very drab room, and I didn't love it. Uh, it was like cold. There was like these very mean-faced adults in this room. I was supposed to be very quiet, and I got this paper test. It was like, uh, it, was like a, it, was almost, it was like a booklet. It was a test booklet, and I had a number two pencil, which I, I don't even get me started on number two pencils because like no... I've never seen a number one pencil. I'm certain they exist. Never seen a number three or four pencil, whatever. Don't get me started on number two pencils. But I had to have a number two pencil, and I had to take this test. It was a multiple choice test. And there was all of these odd questions, right? Like there was these different, different color shapes. I had to match patterns. I had to figure out what was missing. I had to figure out what belonged or what didn't belong. Um, and, and, and so I, I, I took this GT, this gifted and talented test. Had some word problems, some logic puzzles, and I got my results back, and I was gifted and talented. That's what that's what Roberts Elementary School told me. Um, I was gifted and talented, and because of that, I got to have a different suite of teachers, um, and and they were supposed to be teachers that would challenge me. Um, and as an elementary school kid, I was very mouthy. I, I, I mouthed off a lot. Um, and I didn't follow all the rules the way that I was supposed to, as many of you would probably imagine about me as a student. I was a very hard student to teach, um, and I didn't like most of my teachers. Um, my kindergarten teacher, Miss Webb, for example, she told me one day, hey, you're going to solve, uh, you're going to find a cure for cancer. And I was like, um, excuse me, I don't care 
about science or medicine. I don't want to. I'm not going to find a cure for cancer. And to this day, I have no interest in personally being the one to find a cure for cancer. Now, maybe that could have been a path I took, but I was never interested in that at all. I, I, I certainly hope that cancer research. Um, I really, really hope that cancer research is well-funded and finds all sorts of solutions. Um, like my heart goes out to people um, with cancer, but I, I just personally have never had an interest to um, find a cure for cancer. And the fact that my teacher would say that felt very generic to me, even as a five-year-old or as a six-year-old. Um, and so that's the kind of kid I was. And so being in a GT class really didn't matter to me. Like if I had to do more work and I had to do more things that I hated, it was almost like a curse. I, I didn't understand it. I, I didn't like it. Um, so I, I, I have a lot to say that is bad about GT programs. Um, I, I kind of take this, uh, uh, this stance, uh, just like you, Everett. I hate that name with a passion as well. Like, I, I, I don't like labeling kids academically. Um, and so to kick, to kick off um, th this discussion, I'm actually going to give you another story about when I went into teaching in the public school system. I taught in Fort Worth ISD, which uh, it, to, to, from my eyes is one of the worst school districts in the state of Texas. Um, I, I, I am not a fan of Fort Worth ISD. Um, and in, and in Fort Worth ISD, I was given what's called inclusion classes and inclusion classes is not about inclusivity. Really. It's not about like racial diversity or neurodiversity, or it's, it's not about, it's not about including that really inclusion classes is the name that they give you to, uh, to, to basically lump every kid who has an IEP, an Individualized Education Plan, or a 504 plan, um, any emotionally distressed child, any behavior issue in other classes where they put them. Um, and typically speaking, in public schools, uh, people that are teaching inclusion classes are normally new teachers because veteran teachers all uh, veteran teachers tend not to, um, to take on those classes. Next week on this live show... I will be talking about why veteran teachers are destroying more, like more of education than we think. I, I I'm gonna make, uh, I'm gonna lose friends. I'm gonna make a lot of people upset, but I'm gonna be talking about a certain profile or a certain uh, type of veteran teacher that's actually pretty damaging and detrimental to education. Um, but veteran teachers typically don't teach inclusion classes in this school where I taught. Um, it was a sixth grade center, so every kid in the school was a sixth grader. Um, but there was a gifted and talented program. There was a hallway that was just for that GT program. And, and you couldn't walk down that, like you weren't allowed in that hallway as a student if you were not in the GT program. Well, how would they know if you were in the GT program? Well, because you had to wear it on your ID. Your ID either said gifted or it said general. So you were either in the gifted program or you were general ed. Right? So it was, it, it was basically just like writing smart, stupid on their IDs. And that's how the kids internalized it. I, I, I had to do so much confidence building in my class that year because I had kids that were like, yo, Mr. Jays, I'm just not smart. I'm just not intelligent. Like, I, I'm, I'm not. 
And so I, I'm here to offer an alternative, um, and I'm, I'm here to offer something that, that, I, that I hope challenges you. So what the discussion that we're about to get into um, I, is, is primarily who have their children in a public school or in any school with a GT system. I'm also hoping to challenge um, uh, school administrators and department leads. Um, anybody who can make a change, my goal of today's episode is to convince you that you should be a part of making this change, particularly parents. Parents, if you have a kid who goes to a school that has a GT program, my plea to you today is that you unenroll them from the GT program. Even if you think that they are gifted and talented I, I want you to unroll them, unenroll them from the GT program, take them out of the GT program. Essentially, I want to kill the demand for GT programs. And here is why. I'm going to use the clip from the new hit show, Abbott Elementary, to show you why. If you're not familiar, Abbott Elementary is a new show on ABC. I want to make sure to give ABC their props. Um, and it is about this band of teachers, these, these, these young or in the case, there's three young teachers and there's two veteran teachers, and they work in the school that has an incompetent leader, uh, their principal, and um, uh, it, it's got uh, a lack of funding, right? It's like low funding uh, school in Philadelphia, public elementary school, right? Abbott Elementary, I've done a lot of writing on this. You can head uh, over to my newsletter, the Schoolish Newsletter, and read the latest edition of that where I talk about how this show is actually going to contribute, in my opinion, to the teacher shortage because it is giving Americans a real good glimpse at what it's like to teach in a school. The, the crazy thing about Abbott Elementary School is that it is shockingly accurate. If you've ever been a teacher and you watch that show, you'll probably be like, yo, been in that situation, been in that situation. I know that teacher. I know that teacher. I'm going to run uh, some content asking like which Abbott Elementary teacher are you on LinkedIn in the future. But if you haven't watched the show, highly recommend you watch the show. But this latest episode this week was about them adding a gifted and talented program. Check out this clip. I know we're all on board with the gifted program. <gasps> there you go, sounding like an old locomotive. Honey, you've got to walk at a normal pace. I think some of the kids who aren't in the gifted program are feeling left out. Agreed. And they took all the talking kids, so now I have to talk. Well, this is nothing we can't fix. We just need to make sure all the kids who aren't in the program are still on track to be successful, you know? Go to college. Do... Now, what's interesting about this part of the video is that Janine, who's the teacher who you see speaking, Janine was the teacher who advocated for the creation of the gifted program in the first place. And now, because she's seen that the gifted and talented students are having experiences and getting to spend money and have resources that her students don't have, she is now requesting that they find some sort of way to make the programs a little more equal. Let's hear what she has to say. Great things. You don't have to go to college to be successful. No, oh my God, no. I didn't mean that, I just saying. I for one love the program. I feel like a blend of Robin Williams in Dead Poets Society and well, Robin Williams in. He loves the program because he is the GT teacher. Patch Adams. Didn't all those kids in Patch Adams die of cancer? Well, the real cancer is ignorance. Mm. The real cancer is cancer. Look. There's nothing wrong with the gifted program itself. We just need to organize it better so that the regular kids, ooh, uh, the ungifted kids, mm, mm -hmm. the regifted kids. Let's lift up the other kids. Yes, 
vet. Look, if the program is making the kids feel bad, I don't think it's worth it. Guys, there has to be a way to improve the experience for the other kids, you know? Make them feel special, too. I'm sure you figure it out, Janine. You want to get the program, right? I was. Make sure we get that in there. It's on. You can watch it on Hulu. Um, I'm going to go back to this clip, and I'm going to start, stop. Um, uh, hey, look, Martin, you can come on. I would love for you to come on and, and talk about this. Um, I, I, I feel you. Um, look, so we're going to go through this clip, and I'm going to start. I'm going to stop it at some point and give you some insight um, uh, because I, I think it's really, really important uh, to break down what's happening in the scene and why it's so important. This is also my pitch to you for why you should watch Abbott Elementary, right? I believe, I, I really do believe that this show is a very good thing. There's a lot of teachers that are saying this show is a bad thing. I believe Ab Abbott Elementary is a good thing because I believe it is, it, is, it is tackling issues, real issues in education in a tangible, entertaining way that, that honestly is like, it, it, it's getting into the homes of people. So let me break down this clip really quickly and like if there is a a a a child or if there's a student somehow watching this live i would love to give you the link to join me on this live right now if anybody has a student that, that can join this live you have a kid if you're in your classroom you're watching this and you're like yo i got a kid right now I would love to talk to a student live about this. I'm going to line that conversation up somehow, some way. But let's go back through this clip and let's talk about uh, uh, this in detail. Okay, guys. So I know we're all on board with the gifted program. <gasps> there you go. Sounded like. First of all, that that character right there is the principal. Um, and there are a lot of people that are like, "Yo, she's over the top." Like, there's like no principals act like that. I have worked for this exact same principal. Just. Putting that out there. Oh, locomotive. Honey, you've got to walk at a normal pace. I think some of the kids who aren't in the gifted program are feeling left out. Agreed. And they took all the talking kids, so now I have to talk. So what happened in that scene is that um, uh, this guy is a substitute. He's a technically a substitute teacher. It seems like he's going to end up teaching there full time. But um, he, he said that when they came and rounded up all the kids to join the gifted program. When they took the kids out of his class, he said, hey, they're the only ones that are talking. What he means is that they're the only ones that are participating. Um, th there's a whole nother episode that I could do about this substitute teachers and the teacher shortage. I will not get into that right now, but I am going to get into the fact that, um, uh, she, that what they're talking about is that there's stark differences in the way that some students engage. And what like the, the learning here, the thing to pull out here from this episode is that honestly, like if you really break this down, Janine um, and this fellow here, they're actually not willing to go the extra mile for the students. And I don't want to say extra mile. They're not willing to create engaging content for their students. Well, this is nothing we can't fix. We just need to make sure all the kids who aren't in the program are still on track to be successful, you know? Go to if you didn't catch that, that basically, um, basically what she's saying is that if they're not in the gifted program, then they're not on track to be successful. Hmm. There's all sorts of conversations that we can have about this. What is successful? Why are they not on track to be successful if they're not in the gifted program? You know what's interesting about her saying this is that she is teaching kids who are not in the gifted program. Hmm. 
college, do great things. You don't have to go to college to be successful. We're stopping again. She, she, even though she's about to say that she doesn't actually believe it, she said, oh, you know, go to college, do great things. I can't tell you how many teachers I see right online or will tell me that they don't have to go to college to be successful, but then will go up in their classrooms and talk about college as if it is the only thing that you can do after school. The reason why this exists is because every, most people in the United States have the same context for school they have the everyone thinks school is the same exact thing and because they think school is the same thing because we think of school is the same way we we tend to think of success the same way we think success is the same exact way that it's always been for many many years which is why the education system doesn't normally change um and this is just just a picture of that abbott elementary is doing a wonderful job of weaving these things in no. Oh my God, no. I didn't mean that. I just saying. I for one love the program. I feel like a blend of Robin Williams in Dead Poets Society and, well, Robin Williams in Patch Adams. Didn't all those kids in Patch Adams die of cancer? Well, the real cancer is ignorance. Mm. The real cancer is cancer. Look, there's nothing wrong with the gifted program itself. We just need to organize it better. So That's interesting. If you're uh, an educator, like those, those of you who are in the chat, like, have you ever heard that before? There's nothing wrong with the gifted program itself, we just have to organize it differently. I've actually heard that before. I, I've heard that. Um, I, I love this comment from, from Everett. Um, it was like, like part of talking about going to college is a demand by school districts. Yeah, they call that, they used to call it um, uh, aspirational, I don't know, like positive aspirations, something like that. They, they gave it a fancy name. Um, uh, in, in, the, in the, the, the public schools where I worked because they, they wanted you to talk about college as if it were, it was like, it was part of the training. It's part of the training of certain teacher training organizations as well, um, where we act as if college is uh, either the logical next step or the best way to become successful um, after. So yeah, I think that's a really important point. That the regular kids, ooh, uh, the ungifted kids, mm. Mm -hmm. The re-gifted kids. Let's lift up the other kids. Yeah. So this is really important. Like, this little scene is not accidental. It's really important. Um, Janine here is actually struggling to find the words to call students who are not in the gifted program. So if you're a parent and you're watching this, this is, or you're listening to this audio, uh, this is why I am suggesting that you, you take your kids out of the gifted program. We, we know, and we, get, we can talk about the Philip Zambardo prison experiment. If you've never heard of the Zambardo prison experiment, it is, um, is essentially at Stanford University, uh, uh, pr Professor Philip Zambardo basically created a, uh, like a, a, a prison in the basement of, I believe it was a sociology building, and some students were assigned the part as prisoners, other students were assigned the parts as prison guards. And over time, he noticed an increasingly cruel treatment of prisoners on the part of prison guards. And what he found was that people assume the role in which they are given. So the prison guards started to act cruelly to the prisoners because they felt superior. They felt like they were free. They felt like they were in charge. They felt like they could play a certain role. This is true of the GT program. This is why I think all schools should abolish GT programs, gifted programs, honors programs, 
right? Um, like when you give a kid a label, hey, you are gifted, and you put them in different classrooms with different teachers and, and even in their own wing of the school, you're actually communicating to them that you are better than someone who's not here. Right. This is another reason why uh, a couple of weeks ago when I was building that that uh, lesson structure on live, I was saying you should divorce all rewards and incentive systems from IQ. Because when you reward IQ, you create roles that students fit into. That's why you, you've had students, if you're, if you're a teacher or if you're a parent and you've ever heard a student say, I don't know, I'm just dumb. I'm just not smart. It's because they exist in a system that advantages those who do well, who study, who get grades, right? It, it, it rewards, quote unquote, IQ. It rewards accuracy. It rewards people who are studious, people who are scholars, right? Um, so so in, in a similar way, um, and, and mind you, like, the reason why I said I was like, I'm not going to get into the Zimbardo experiment is exactly sort of like, like, like whatever it is mentioning in the comments, like Zimbardo pushed the experiment like past where it was. At. That experiment is also why we have uh, like uh, IRBs, which is like, uh, like review boards for uh, sociological experiments now um, because he pushed the experiment past where it needs to go. Um, but I think that uh, comparison that you uh, just named Everett is really important is that this label, this GT, this honor, right? Like if there are GT students, there are also GT teachers and honors teachers and AP teachers. And if you are a teacher and that's exclusively your course load, I've seen teachers puff their chest out and talk differently, talk a little reckless because they have GT students. I've heard people in who have all honors classes say it's not that difficult to engage your students, right? You you've if you've actually been a teacher, you know the debate that's actually going on in this scene that Everett pointed out where like sometimes like when you assume the role as a student or a teacher, the conversations shift, alter, and the outcomes change. That's what that's what's happening here. She can't even find the right words to label the other kids, the 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 unsmart kid, right? The kids who are not, you know. So she, she can't even find the right word um, because it's an ineffective label. So when you start labeling students, students will they will assume those roles, and it will do more harm than good. Yes, that. Look, if the program is making the kids feel bad, I don't think it's worth it. Guys, there has to be a way to improve the experience for the other kids, you know? Make them feel special, too. Special, too. Implying that they are not special or that they don't feel special, right? The existence of a GT program, like, it, it, it makes some students feel superior to other students. Do you figure it out, Janine? You're in the gifted program, right? I was. So I think this scene is really important, and that's why I wanted to make sure that I showed that scene. There's another scene, but unfortunately, like, I don't want to get in trouble for copyright. So, like, I'm not going to pull a bunch of scenes from uh, this show. Um, but I am going to include this scene in a newsletter article that I'm going to write about this. Um, 
And, and, and to close this out, like one of the most powerful moments of this episode is when the substitute teacher um, there, there, who's played by the guy that's like, everybody loves Chris. Um, there's a scene where, where uh, the gifted program students are watching chicken eggs hatch. Like that's their science uh, portion of the day. They're watching chicken eggs hatch. They're talking about it and they're learning about the reproductive process. Well, Janine, who is advocating to make their kids feel more special, the result of that conversation that you saw was that she had another teacher basically like go on the black market and find her some eggs so that she could also have her student do that lesson. There's another podcast episode in just that interaction of like why she's just sort of ripping off lesson plans instead of creating her own, but she wanted her students to feel special like the gifted students. So she tried to recreate the lesson where her students would watch chicken eggs hatch. One of the eggs finally starts to hatch and she finds out very comically that it's a snake egg and not a chicken egg. And her good book, but he it after the aftermath of that, and he's talking to her, and he's helping her to feel better about the fact that they, her students just got to watch snake eggs instead of chicken eggs, and they were scared, and the snakes got out, and they had to bring animal control uh, to come get the snakes out. And he says, that's what's wrong with labeling kids like this. When you call some kids gifted and some kids not, gift kids get chickens, and some kids get snakes implying that the gifted kids get all the resources and all the praise and they get treated really nicely and they, they, they're spoken to differently. They're spoken about differently. And other kids get snakes, scraps, the wrong materials, less resources, right? The problem with, the reason why I think this is so important that Abbott Elementary, the show, that they, that they displayed this for an elementary school is because this is often when this gifted split happens. And that label for a student often taints their school experience for the rest of their life. I, would, I remember teaching high school students that would say like, oh, I've never been in AP, I've never been in GT, I'm not smart. I can't do X. And so my plea to you teachers, school leaders, Get rid of gifted programs in your schools. Parents, the way that you can force the hand of your school is if you guys band together and all of you get rid of gifted programs by unenrolling your students in the gifted programs. The truth is that the same vigor and inspiration and effort that goes into teaching an AP course or an honors course should go into teaching what every other kid in the building. As a matter of fact, one of, one of the reasons why students, I had students say, hey, you are, you are my favorite teacher, is because there was, there, was, there was not a difference between my AP classes and the rest of my students. I didn't even call them anything different. Whatever I did for my AP students, I did for everyone, right? And so if you are a parent, bottom line, take your kid out of gifted classes, force the hand of your school to get rid of these labels that truly do more damage to students than help. 
if you're a parent or, an, or if you're an administrator or a teacher, get rid of these programs in your school. Hey, this podcast is a part of the EdUp Experience Podcast Network. Been a part of the network for a while. There's some other good shows on there. I was just on um, the EdUp EdTech Experience uh, podcast, which was dope with uh, Holly Owens. Had a great conversation. We talked about some of this on that podcast as well. So you can definitely catch that conversation at theedupexperience.com. Uh, this is a schoolish podcast. And if you are watching, I really appreciate you watching. When you hit the replay, I really appreciate you watching the replay. And when you guys listen to this audio, you know I appreciate you for listening to this audio. Um, we've made like some top 50 charts in other countries. Um, but I would love if when you hear this audio, you give us a rating and a review so that you can get us to the top 50 charts in the U.S. Um, I'm, I'm coming at you with episodes every Thursday, um, about 5 p.m. Central Time, uh, live on LinkedIn. Uh, next week, we'll get into some more trouble um, and talk about some more realness in school. Appreciate you being here. Um, I will see you guys on the next one.